very excited to have you on. Um, oh, welcome, cool, man. Welcome to another episode of Game of Life with Dan and Harmon. It's just Dan here again today because Harmon's still taking some time off the podcast. I'm very excited to be joined by Chris Stanley, a YouTuber, a cosplayer, and a prop maker. Let's start. Let's start there because I've seen some of your um, busts, and they're amazing work, works of art. How did you get started doing that? Oh, did your love thank- from that come? Yeah. Firstly, thank you for having me, Dan. I appreciate it. Um, oh, dude, it all stemmed back when I was like probably like eight or nine and my mum was telling me about these films called A Nightmare on Elm Street and I'm like, oh, yeah. wow, like well, what's this? And she's telling me about Freddy and how he operates, what he looks like. And I'm just going off a vague description from my mum. I'm like, that just sounds gnarly and I'm all for it. And then, you know, the days of, you know, when mum or dad would go grocery shopping and they, I didn't want to go grocery shopping with me so they're like go look in the video store and we'll come grab you when we're done okay so you know you just go around looking at all the videos and stuff like that get kicked out of the 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 nude section and then you go to the horror (laughs) section and you look i don't know about you man but in the 80s and 90s australian horror vhs covers didn't hold back like there was some nasty stuff oh yeah like the back of the video cassette covers and you're like whoa like you couldn't do this now and that that was me just in the horror section looking at all these films and just the the horrific stuff on the back like hellraiser and friday the 13th and then i saw elm street i'm like that's what mom's talking about and i remember i got the first vhs off the shelf taking it back old school there's the original one from 1985 turning the back over and just being like why is there a man on fire on top of a lady bed and (laughs) <laughs> anyway, got obsessed with Freddy. And then I, when I was 12, 13 years old, I built my first Freddy glove out of a baked beans can and a Diet Coke can and an old floral gardening glove. That's great. And yeah. I'm like, this is so cool. And then uh, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man films came out. Um, and, and then going back, uh, there was like Batman and Robin, Batman yeah. Forever. And as silly as those films are, those costumes are immaculate. Like the, the costuming yeah. tech that went into making those suits is beautiful. Like the, the costume designers called them Ferraris. They were just schmick. And yeah. I, even back then I was fascinated as to how they were made. And then um, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man films came out and I was obsessed with those costumes, how they were made with the webbing and the lenses and the muscle suits. And then grade 12, uh, you know, gearing up for the HSC and all that, I started, I was still building Freddy gloves, but I then I self-taught myself to do sculpture uh, plaster molds and casting in latex, like the old school monster masks that were in yeah. latex and how to paint latex, mixing latex with acrylic paint. And all these elements kind of stemmed in to where I am now. And I've always loved a good like display bus, like a museum piece and the old school days of going in the old horror forums and people posting their collections, you know, show me your collection yeah. and people would just have walls like now it's all walls of pop vinyls but it was just yeah. walls of these museum busts like of jason freddie michael myers ghost face i'm like this is beautiful and yeah um you know it, it, sculpture is one of those things where it's a muscle you got to keep flexing it so i've been fortunate enough to collaborate with artists who you know we do uh, digital sculpture traditional sculpture it's a collaborative thing you know i have a dear friend of mine sean dabs who does a lot of my digital sculpting especially yeah. freddie um they're then 3d printed and then i do the molding the casting the painting it's a lot of trial and error man like you don't get it right 
first cat yeah. off the rank. There's a lot to figure out with layering, and but I love it. it it's it's like you've got to reverse engineer how mm. they would have painted Robert England's makeup in yeah. the films, and it's good. It challenges you, man. So that and that's where I got into it. But it's not just Freddie. I've done like uh, Joker. I've done The Witcher. Um, Batman. I've done the Ben Affleck Batman. I love um doing ben affleck batman but i'm obsessed with how he looks so it's fun man and i think it's because just the the love of these characters and how cherished they are especially freddie like not just freddie just like horror icons in general like it's it's such like a a big fandom now it's much more mainstream so that's pretty much how i got into it man and where i am now it's such a unique art form and it requires a lot of skill to make those look lifelike do you think that people respect people who make those um sculptures 100 percent. but i think it's like you you respect anyone that whether it's a trade uh, some sort of skill profession that you don't entirely understand yeah and it's not that you get intimidated you're like wow you're so talented like well no yeah I've just practiced a lot. And that's not just with sculpture. That's with anything, you know, doctor, lawyer, uh, tradie, um, admin, anything. Like if you're good at it and someone else isn't, they're just like, wow, that's, how do you do that? And it's just like, well, yeah, you'd say the same to me. It's like, if you just keep at it. um, And yeah, when it comes, like I said, it's, it's a muscle you definitely have to keep flexing. I just call it expensive arts and crafts. Yeah. Um, So it's just with anything, man, like just practice, practice, practice. And it's hard when you're trying to cover all bases, like you're molding, casting, painting. Um, Whereas you go to an effects house uh, or, you know, a a prop studio, which I've been fortunate enough to be amongst and you've got different departments. So you have a bunch of people doing the Mm. one thing and they're so good at it. Like they're just talented artisans, like, your hair punches, your sculptors, your molders, your silicon painters, like painting silicon in itself is a beast of a thing to, to really get right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they're, they're definitely, I think it's also interesting because where I come from, I'm in the Sutherland Shire in, in Sydney. Yeah. And it's not exactly like a place where artists thrive. Like it's more, yeah. you more thrive now, but there is like an expectation here to be a tradie or like you know yeah. work admin and stuff yeah. like that yeah, um exactly, yeah. and but when you tell people what you do here they're like oh wow that's that's interesting and they're, they're yeah inquisitive but then i'm inquisitive about what they do because it's out yeah. of the realm of what i do so yeah i think it's just with anything man like it's like you know i look at the setup you guys have that fascinates mm-hmm. me and you guys probably just like yeah that's, this is just the standard i'm like no 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 that's not the standard <laughs> this is this is amazing whereas i've got like if you look on the other side of this camera, there is just so much going on and it's just a yeah. mess. But I saw the um, behind the scenes video you did oh, yeah. uh, not that long ago where you actually, um, you know, did a little bit of a tour of your setup that you have there. And it's actually a small room than I um, imagined it to be when I watched it's it on funny, YouTube. Man. It's, it's, our, it's yeah. our study, yeah. So we, we've got a two better um, and this is the study. Uh, but this is great. This is all I need. Like it's, yeah. I've set it up so I can just come in, plonk down, flick one switch and all these lights come on and then, um, you know, just get my audio going and sync yeah. it up and off That's I go. Great. So um, less is more. Yeah. It, is it fair to um, say that your love of film stemmed from horror? Yes, 
absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then I think also not just horror, but also comedy. Um, I, I grew up in a th very theatrical family. You know, my mom's a actress and comedian by trade. Um, so there definitely is that theatrical flair that we have. Like, yeah. and my dad's the complete opposite. My dad's the quiet achiever, the academic type. And my mom and I use the other side of the brain where we're the creatives. Yeah. Um, but definitely horror and I think when you get older and you read into how certain horror films were made, like case in point, the first Elm Street, just the guerrilla style filmmaking and the fact that they ran out of money halfway through and they couldn't pay the crew like that, that film yeah. should not have been made yeah. and it couldn't be done today, but the stuff they got away with yeah. and just, I think doing stuff on the fly, not just yeah. that film, but like heaps of films where you hear trivia yeah. of how they got a certain shot that's so iconic and the yeah. crew will be like, oh, we just thought of that last minute because we needed yeah. something. I so. feel like a lot of the um, horror films of those days were shot very uh, guerrilla style. Mm. Yeah. 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 Uh, my, see, my, my genre is science fiction. Mm. I, I could never get into... Um, horror like like freddy um but one sort of horror franchise that i sort of gravitated towards was um the film franchise saw oh yeah okay <laughs> yeah yeah and i just a lot of people sort of um you know flick it off as being torture porn but it's actually mm. got a very interesting serialized story to it um nice. and tobin bell is an incredible actor and one of the sort of pinch myself moments that we've had on this podcast is having charlie clauser in who composed the film score for all the saw films that's awesome man so, so did you see saw x recently yes and i thought what it was it was such a departure from from the rest of the films and mm. it was a very different take on the character more intimate, but yeah, more I... more intimate, more and and a lot of um, more of a slow burn before you get into the blood and guts of it. It was, and I I really liked it. I think it was Tobin's strongest performance yes. as John. Yeah, and I liked the simplicity and the intimacy of the one location, mm. and I thought the traps were pretty good. But you're right, it, there was a slow burn, but it worked. Yeah. Um, and it was interesting that they went back because it's between Saw 1 and 2, correct? Yes, that's correct, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I like that. Whereas I felt before that all the Saw films leading up and then, you know, like Jigsaw and mm. it, like Spiral was okay. I don't understand how it cops so much flack. I, I didn't yeah. mind it. I thought there I was potential there for sure. There was. I just felt yeah. that Chris Rock was too Chris Rock. It's like when yeah. Will Smith is too Will Smith in a film. At the very beginning where he's they're gearing up and suiting up and all that, the, the banter back and forth was not Chris Rock. I'm like, dude, if you, you can keep that going throughout the entire movie, this would be really good. But then he yeah. went back to typical Chris Rock. Mm. Um, but yeah, I really like Sorex, man. It was, it was a departure, but a good departure. Yeah, a, a lot of the reason why I do keep going back to the franchise is because of Tobin Bell. Mm. I just think there's something so unique to his performance. And I think he really sort of immerses himself into that role. Yeah. And like, I've seen him in other sort of B grade horror films and he 
he does he takes the work very seriously from what I've seen. He does, yeah. Yeah. Um, but he's so seasoned. Yeah. I feel like he could just rock up to a set with a script just handed to him. He hasn't read it. Yeah. Give him five minutes with the lines and he's he's got it. I feel like whatever he's doing, he's treating it like uh, Shakespeare. Like, yes. Yeah. 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 Like yeah. old, old school, um, like thespian. Like, and yeah, going back to Freddie, it's the same with Robert Englund. Robert Englund's mm. a classically trained. I think he went to Juilliard. Yeah. And he was thirty. Oh God, I feel old. So this year I'm thirty six, and Robert was thirty six when he got cast yeah. as Freddie, and he thought he was too above horror back then. Yeah. Because it was that, like, it is a subgenre, but back then it was yeah. like, really frowned upon. And then he got the role of Freddie, and he thought, "Well, I'm too good for this. I'm a snob." Yeah. But I feel like having a thespian play Freddie mm -hmm. is like the best pairing ever. Yeah. Because you know how to overact, and with all that makeup on, you have to overact. Otherwise, yes. the makeup will override your performance. Yeah. It, having actors come into a franchise like that with that it lends so much gravitas to mm. um to, yes. to the films that wouldn't be there otherwise mm. it's like yeah. there can only be there's only specific theater actors that can take on star trek shows as well yes. because that's like a whole different language and it's more of a it is sort of that's why theater actors are so more skilled to a star trek show than than any other actors because they know how to handle that dialogue are you a trekkie yes absolutely right, yeah right nice yeah. yeah i dude i feel like i'm i still haven't even watched the jj abrams ones and i'm always like curious i'm like man it's a big commitment though and then you hear people say like oh like you know next generations that's it that's the one yeah. you gotta watch so it's interesting and like i've always been fascinated by it, but obviously like star wars is my jam like mm. i don't know are you a star wars fan i am a star wars fan um not i'm not as intimately over star wars as i would be star trek mm. yeah like I, I don't know it back and forth but i can watch it and enjoy it yeah for what it is but i'm not the sort of fan that sort of picks it apart or anything like that yeah fair enough yeah i think um star trek picard season three which came out a year ago today or not not a year ago today but a year ago this month it was the last thing that I was genuinely excited for in terms of film and television. Yeah. Do, do you get excited for films and television these days? Yeah, it's, it's hard, man. It's, it's hard, hard for me to get excited. <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah. especially like case in point. I saw Madam Webb the other day yeah. and I'm like, you raise a good, you raise a good question and a, a a good point. It's like films aren't pure like they used yeah. to be. Like back in the nineties, and it's it's not being biased because I grew up in the nineties, but mm. there was something just so pure in the eighties and nineties with the film yeah. where it was such an event, and the the discourse just lasted for ages, like still going to this day. Whereas now a film comes out, and no one's talking about it days later it's just gone whereas in the case of madam web it's more or less like the meme the memeology yeah it is yeah really in full force at the moment but it's just they films feel so disposable these days and mm. um you know it feels like they're coming off an assembly line 
Yes, that, that's it. Yeah, I, yeah. Someone used that terminology the other day. Um, yeah, the assembly line. I'm like, that's it. And yeah, um, like I've um I've actually got to play catch up and watch the first June Dune because Dune Part Two is about to come out. And yeah. I feel like that's gonna kind of reinvigorate like the first one mm. did. I haven't seen it. I, I'm gonna play catch up with it before I see the second yeah. one, but it seems like such a spectacle again. And I feel yeah. like part two is gonna be the same. Um like it's it, and not just like big grandiose CGI films, like little mm. intimate films. Like uh, I'm, I'm writing a video essay at the moment for it, um, and it's one of my favorite comedies, and not a lot of people know about it. Have you heard of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels? Oh, of course, yeah, classic. Oh, my, I love that. Oh, film. Just yeah. the best pairing yeah. of two comedians. Well, Michael Caine isn't exactly a comedian but mm. his physical comedy in that film is incredible and like obviously you've got yeah. steve martin yes um just films like that and again going back to not grandiose cgi bombastic like comic book films like i was late to the game watching prisoners like mm. i watched that for the first time last year with hugh jackman and jake yeah. gyllenhaal and just incredible and that came out i think like 2010 2011 or something yeah. like that but now no one cares. Yeah. And it's sad. And with with physical media not dying, but it's Isn't going that sad? Isn't that it's, sad? It's like slowly I, I, yeah. fading. And yeah, like you said, it is it is sad, man. Like you know yeah. how like Best Buy and Walmart mm. are phasing yeah. their all their physical media out. Like Kmart. I remember Kmart, like it was all behind the glass shelves. You had your big yeah. beautiful box sets like Sopranos. All that stuff, it's all gone. Like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, this is, this sucks. <laughs> there was something so exciting about going to like a Video Easy or a Civic Video and just browsing and having a look at all the covers on the VHSs or DVDs. Getting out, um, getting buying yeah. an X rental, like yeah, and only was... having and only having a seven day period to watch that film. And, or yeah. or if it was a new release, two or three days, or overnight. Yeah, or like, if, if if it was a new release and someone else had already rented out all the other copies, you had to wait and go on a on a waiting list before you yeah. could watch that film. Yeah, I kind of miss those days because we're so bombarded with with new content every single day, and I find myself sort of gravitating, you know, towards the comfort shows and movies that I liked when I was growing up more, 100%. more so than more so than trying to find something new to watch because it can be very daunting. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Like, and nostalgia, I, I did a um, YouTube short yesterday on my second channel, um, a quick little reaction to X-Men 97, the yeah. trailer they put out. And I thought it was great. And I said, you know, I'm usually not all one for cashing in on nostalgia, but nostalgia is big business. But I feel like, that is the correct way to do it. Continue the story, pay it, just pay respect to what came before yeah. and pay respect to what's going to come next. Um, but I'm look, I am all for going back and watching my comfort shows. And, you know, yeah. I, I, I get bad anxiety from time to time. And a big thing is, you know, rewatching old things because you know, what's going to come next and it's comforting. Yeah. So yeah, mate, like I, I recycle Frasier and home improvement. Like there's no tomorrow. Um, oh, and now, oh, oh, dude, like yeah. it's just the yeah. easiest thing to fall asleep yeah. to. It's goofy. It's just like, ah, 
But like, there are so many shows coming out now. And people are like, you got to watch this, you got to watch that. And I'm sick of people saying, yeah. oh, you got to give it, you know, four or five or six episodes before it gets good. I'm like, you haven't sold it to me. Next, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. sick of that. And the abundance of Disney Plus shows, like all the Marvel shows, and you know, tr background tree number three is getting their own spin-off show. And mm. I'm like, I, I can't. Like, I really can't. Yeah, I I appreciated when shows would just end and that was it but mm -hmm. then they're constantly getting rebooted and like well no no i had closure on that show why why are they reopening a can of worms because reboots or you know reunions are never as good as the original no, never it will never be the yeah. same you can try and make it close it's funny my yeah. fiance myself and our friend were talking last night did you ever watch shit's creek Yes, yes, I did. I so, love that show. So do yeah. I. Chloe, Chloe and yeah. I were late to the game watching yeah. it. So it, it had already been out, finished, but it was on uh, Netflix and we watched it. And I'm a big fan of Eugene Levy and Catherine yeah. O'Hara from Best yeah. in Show and all those films. Um, and I love that they went out on a high yeah. and Dan and Eugene Levy were just adamant. They're like, nope, we're stopping after this. And it's like what Seinfeld said, make sure you've got stuff still left in the tank and know mm. when to call it a day so you don't go stale and you leave yeah. on a whimper and people will forever be saying, oh, remember when it got really bad? Mm. Make sure it's yes. like, oh, man, I wish they'd come back. Like, it's okay to still let people yearn for something, but mm. at least there's like a solid track record of yeah. what you did. I think, um, so have you have you seen Curb Your Enthusiasm? Sorry, say again? Curb Your Enthusiasm? No, I have not. And it was one of those things where I always wanted to, because that's Larry David who created Spice Yes, Spice. yeah. It's, yes, and it's currently in its 12th and final season. They're still going. I thought see, yeah. I thought that show ended ages ago. So so they've um, they've been around for about 20-odd years because they started back in 1999, around wow. then. Oh, but God. the thing about Larry David is he just... He doesn't. He never knows if he's going to do another season or not. At the end of every year, HBO just sort of give him the leeway to, you know, come back if he wants to come back. Mm. Which I sort of just, I sort of just love that. I sort of just, if Larry David feels like he's got a good idea, then he'll come back. Yeah, yeah, and it's just, it's been, it's in its twelfth season, but it's not been on every single year. Oh, so okay. I, yeah. So because because there'll be long gaps in between seasons. So I think the longest gap was may have been six or seven years. That explains why I thought it had. Ended. Yeah, uh, that's why it's been around for so long. It's because they've taken very long breaks because Larry David just comes back when he wants to come back if he thinks that he has a good idea. See, that's genius. I love yeah. that when you know when to have a breather, probably yeah. jot ideas down and just put them away. Um, mm. I Which wish I could say yeah. the same um, for The Simpsons. It's yeah. just, well, yeah, it's, give, it's gone beyond yeah. background yeah. noise now and I just changed yeah. the channel. Yeah, yeah, because I think that's the way to go because you go away for a certain period of time and then you come back out of the blue when you weren't expecting it to come back and you get really excited. Oh, there's another 10 episodes of Kirby Enthusiasm to watch. But then also it's like, I think like the, uh, I, I don't know, like for me, the golden era of the Simpsons will always be like season three to 10. Some might yeah. argue eight yeah. or nine. 
Yeah. But now it's just like Homer's a completely different person. Um, it's, it sucks because I, I, I was one of those kids that could watch the Simpsons in primary mm. school and I'd fill all the kids in the next day about what happened. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I, I joke about it, but I think it's true. I got most of my education from the Simpsons. I didn't listen in school and mm. I come out with some of these pearls and my dad's like, where did you learn that? And school, I'm like, nah, the Simpsons. And he's like, huh? <laughs> okay. Just... Did, did your parents ban you from, from the Simpsons? Or any no. of those types no, of shows? I wasn't no. banned from South Park. I wasn't banned from The Simpsons. I was banned from watching Hook and Batman Returns until I was much older, which is really? weird. I think what? it's because parents at the time and were like, oh my God, Hook and Batman Returns are so violent, which in retrospect, retrospect, when you're watching Batman Returns as a little kid and Michelle Pfeiffer is like stabbing some guy in the face and Danny yeah. DeVito is biting a guy's nose yeah. off and there's blood squirting everywhere. Yeah. Sure. Hook? I didn't understand that. Um, yeah. I I don't know. I think it's just because mum and dad just kind of got on the bandwagon and heard just like, oh yeah, don't show your kid that. Yeah. How, how old were you when you started watching horror for the first time? It's, it's funny. Like I was eight. Eight. At the, I was, yeah, eight at the video yeah. store. Um, our local video store. Mum's like, are you ready? I'm like, yeah, let's do it. She goes, all right, pick two horror movies. So I picked Evil Dead and Puppet Master. Yeah. <laughs> started watching it and started watching Evil Dead. And five minutes in, I'm screaming. Like I am mm. screaming my lungs out. And mum's like, okay, let's try something else. So we put on Puppet Master and then there's um, the driller with the drill on his head, drilling yeah. into the guy's neck. And then Blade is like cutting the guy's fingers off. And I'm like, ah, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> and then um, Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. Like two years later, Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare was on late at night. And dad's mm. like, all right, I'll tape it for you, mate. But I'll only tape half of it in case it's too scary. And that was the first yeah. Elm Street that I had watched. Yeah. So like my standards are all the way down here and I watched it. And I'm like, this is so scary. But in like, looking back now, it's the silliest bloody movie ever. But mm. the last one I finished on was the first one. Great. So my introduction to Freddie was a game show host and this wacky Looney Tunes yeah. character finishing on this where he's dark, sadistic, sick, twisted, barely says a <laughs> word and is hidden in shadows. And I'm like, <laughs> what is going on like yeah yeah so i feel like actually that's the best way to watch the franchise because yeah you end on triumph and start <laughs> on what the hell is going on did, did you ever get nightmares as a kid watching those films at first oh i wouldn't say nightmares it was more going down our hallway at night when it was dark yeah yeah right. that was it i didn't really get nightmares as a kid like now I do when there's bills to pay and all that. Like it's more yeah. adult nightmares. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. yeah, I was more one of those, like I, I, I was like scared of the dark. And like there will be even times now where like, you know, we're going to bed and I flick all the lights off and you kind of just do that little extra power walk into the bedroom. Mm. You're like, <laughs> mm. Mm. I don't know. Just like get the heebie-jeebies. I think it also like, have you seen the first Paranormal Activity? Yes, yeah. I, I still think it's such a genius movie with how simple it is. Like Saw X, it's simple. Yeah. And it's that 
fear of the dark like what's in it's like the beginning of the batman where the criminals are looking into the darkness and batman isn't there mm. but that's how much fear he's drummed into them he's yeah. not there but he yeah. doesn't need to be they're still scared of what's in the darkness like down the alleyway and i think that was me as a kid yeah yeah so talk talk to me a little bit about your youtube channel how long has that been going for I am coming up on 10 years. So 10 years. 10 years. Um, yeah, May 2nd will be 10 years, man. And for the longest time, I'd watched like Jeremy Johns, Chris Stuckman, the flick pick, and then this yeah. uh, YouTube channel called Brick in the Yard Mold Supply, where they did a lot of tutorials yeah. about molding and casting. And it's just part of their shop. Their shop yeah. in the States is called Brick in the Mold. And um I'm like, I like that. I like building. I like talking about movies because like my mates and I, we just, all we do is just talk movies. Like it's, yeah. it's absurd how much we talk movies. Like we're just nerds. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, oh man, I should start a YouTube channel. And then my best friend, Alex, one day, she's like, just do it. Like, what do you got to lose? So I started it. And, but, but before that I had, my YouTube channel was called Horror FX Productions. And I had my Freddy gloves on there, just like, you know, mm. little movement tests mm. So I changed the name to Cosplay Chris because I wanted to incorporate cosplay and just something easy. Yeah. And yes, that did my first video on May 2nd, which was just a channel trailer. And then the first proper video was a movie review of The Amazing Spider-Man 2, Andrew Garfield. Yeah. And like everything was scripted. I had a teleprompter and like you go back and it's it, like yeah. any YouTube channel, you go back and look at their first videos and mm -hmm. you're like, Whoa. but it's cool to see where you start. And then after that, uh, the cosplay stuff, you know, constructing a bat suit. And then I started the custom collectible series where you take like toys from Kmart, BW, repaint them, you know, give them a nice little base and make them look like something you'd pay a couple of hundred bucks for. Yeah. And that just took off. And then just bits of everything. And then mm. April last year, and I should have done it ages ago, I started a second channel where it's just all talking stuff, like movie reviews, yeah. entertainment news and stuff like that. And then keep all the build videos on the Cosplay Chris channel. And it's the best thing I've ever done. Mm -hmm. I'm slowly building this beautiful little community on the second channel, just talking about film, not just new, but like, like I said, I'm writing the video essay on Dirty Rotten Scoundrels and I did a video the other week, my first time watching The Lost Boys and people responded so well to that. And they're just so supportive and like, oh, dude, if you like this, you should check this out. And I'm like, this is great. You know, this is, I should have done this ages ago. Mm -hmm. um, whereas on a channel where you're building stuff, but then also just talking, it can get very confusing for the audience. Mm -hmm. And you're just going to one niche little pocket of subscribers and it's not good for the overall health of your channel. Yeah. So that's why I think a lot of people have multiple channels and sometimes, you know, it's gaming and stuff like that, whereas yeah. I'm not a gamer. Um, and yeah, so April last year started the second channel, but still going strong with the first, uh, the yeah. main channel, but obviously the videos are more spread out. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's just whatever um, tickles my fancy with what I'm building. Um, if there's a cosplay coming up, like um, I'm doing a Christopher Reeves Superman cosplay, that'll be a good like unboxing and reveal to put the suit on. Um, but then, you know, on the second channel yesterday, um, you know, I also go over new hot toy releases and pre-orders and stuff like that. And that, that seems to go really well. So it's, it's good, man. Um, it, it also teaches you to think on your feet. Yeah. Like, because where we are, we get 
movie news a bit later when we wake yeah. up because it's all yeah. happened during the night. So yes. I'll wake up and, you know, I've got a clear schedule for the morning. It's like, you know, yeah. have coffee in bed with my fiance and then walk the dog and maybe do some Etsy orders. But then I'll wake up and be like, such and such costume reveal or trailer dropped. I'm like, oh, I've got to wash my face, put put my hat on and go to a video right now. I'm like, walk into the room, sit down and be like, all right. <laughs> so it's good. I kind of like the spontaneity of it. It can yeah. be a bit like stressful because it shouldn't be about the views, but obviously you want to get your content out there into the world yeah. while it's still um, mm. like, you know, a buzz. Yeah. So I do like it in that respect, man. But the first, like the Cosplay Chris channel, like I'm, forever grateful for because it's taken me around the world i've been fortunate enough to work in the middle east in the la louisiana um canada um appearing at uh, conventions in cosplay and it's just been a, an absolute whirlwind man so like the, the 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 plan is there is no plan with my life but um yeah i definitely wouldn't have it any other way well i was about to ask you what are some of the unintentional positive consequences of starting a YouTube channel? That's the thing. It's like testing the waters and just yeah. throwing stuff at the wall, seeing what sticks. And sometimes it's stuff that you wouldn't think would yeah. stick to the wall. So like I told you, I've got uh, the hot toy release videos. I call yeah. it yay or nay. So you look at, you know, the specs, the photos, the mm. price and be like, yeah, worth it or not, yay or nay. Yeah. And I started that when I was bored in my ho hotel room in Tokyo last year for um, the, the premiere of Rebel Moon and Hot Toys had just released a Ben Affleck Batman figure. I'm like, oh man, I want to talk about that. I mean, one, I, I just want to talk yeah. about like, you know, when a certain Hot Toy comes out and mm. I did the first episode of Yay or Nay and it blew up and I'm like, okay, did not expect that, but here we go. Another thing to add to the new channel. Like it's another... Yeah. Yeah. subcategory you can talk about and it, it's yeah. good it and there's always going to be like movies to talk about mm. there's always going to be new action figures coming out yeah um and then you know um my first time watching you know people love that because people that are so obsessed with a certain movie that someone hasn't seen people who are obsessed with that movie want to hear a first timer's reaction to it mm. and that's been getting bigger now like it's not just new movies people are talking about. It's old movies and people are here for it. I'm like, mm. that's great. So, yeah, I think it's also just figuring stuff out for you, making yeah. sure you have your own voice, your own personality, your own niche. And then, yeah, just rolling with it. I think that's what yeah. YouTube is about, rolling with it, adapting. Um, and, you know, I'm guilty of staying in one place sometimes, getting a bit complacent. But then that's when you think on your feet, get creative and flex those creative muscles. And it's it's very rewarding in the end, yeah. When you have to dissect the latest trailers that come out, does it take some of the joy out of actually then going to see the film? No. Really? No, I think if you choose to not take the joy out of it, you're fine. Mm. But... In that respect, when I am watching a film, I am, you know, taking notes. Yeah. Because I'm one of those people where if I don't take notes and I sit down, do my review, I forget a lot of things and I'll be editing. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I forgot X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Because I have a bit of a, you know, the ADHD scatterbrain and yeah. all over the place. So, yeah, there, there definitely is that critical side. But then at the same time, you have to take a step back, be yeah. in the moment because it's, 
watching a movie is an experience. It, it mm, that's yes. that's the movie going experience, and you yeah. don't want it to be necessarily tainted. And I'm I'm like that sometimes when yeah. seeing costumes up on screen. I'm like, oh, mm. how they do that? And I'm like, yeah, Stop it. just yes, yeah. That's take what a step that, back, enjoy it. That's why I think sort of um, over analyzing or the people who have to over analyze trailers or movies it could take some of the joy out of actually having experience in the film or TV show. I agree. And then yeah. um, like I did my trailer reaction for Deadpool and Wolverine the other yeah. day, and it was just a quick reaction. And you're just, again, trying to be in the moment and just like, Oh, whoa! like you, there's so much information because there's so many Easter eggs. And then like hours mm -hmm. later, you'll get, you know, 1,005 things you missed in the um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Deadpool and Wolverine trailer. I'm like, Shit, mm. how did you do that but i'm like oh there's like a team of 10 of you on yeah. that channel I'm like that's yeah. fine i'm just here to just be like that was amazing this is what stood out to me i'm not yeah. going to be like look at the curtain there that's a reference to x y and z mm. um but then you know the following day i did follow up with a few easter eggs and stuff like that and just a few corrections that i got wrong yeah because it's in the moment it's so in the moment you, you see a glimpse yeah. of something like oh that's that but it's not yeah um and also, like I, you know, I've got a few concerns with Deadpool three. Um, the fact that it looks very clinical and extra yeah. sharp. I'm like, oh, was that a Disney thing? Because the first yeah. two were so gritty and dark looking. Yeah. And yeah, I just watched that uh, video you did the other day about it, where you said it just looks too too polished. It doesn't doesn't have that grit to it like the first first two films had. And, and you know, that could be a yeah. thing where it's going to change on the final cut. You don't yeah. know. But there definitely is a shift in the aesthetic. And mm. that's what I'm worried about. You know, I want, you know, whether they go on to do more films, but if it's just going to stay at the three, yeah. keep them as one cohesive piece. Yeah. No, there has been a change of hands from two to three. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it look, it, it definitely is a bit tricky to remove yourself and, yeah. and be in the moment, especially when you have such a scattered brain that just wants to do everything yesterday. Mm -hmm um whether it be a trailer or watching a film but also you know i want to make sure i get my message across with my review but also be fair yeah. and i think and i and i've been repeating it a lot in a lot of my reviews um back in the day i used to restrain myself or not just review films at all that i got invited to for premieres and i think as long as you have healthy valid and fair points that aren't attacking being mean or anything towards the filmmakers the the, the cast mm. the crew the vfx artists i think it's fair to have a, a critical eye for these films even if yeah. you get invited to the premiere so yeah. you know when i've got the the dune part two premiere coming up you know i will be I'll give my honest opinion, but I'll always be fair and I'll never be mean or nasty because that's just not cool. It's still hard work, but if it doesn't work for you, you've got to say what doesn't work for you, but also, you know, what works for you. And just, again, it's all subjective. And I think that's what makes film um, so fun yeah. is sharing people's opinions and being like, huh, I didn't see it that way. Yeah. Interesting. Um, here's what I thought. And then people be like, huh, well, there you go. Thank yeah. you for the chat. Whereas other people are just like, you have a different opinion to me. Uh, your eyebrows look weird. And I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. What? 
Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. You should not be on the internet. So it's yeah, yeah. Doing cosplay and film reviews is like the you you open yourself up to so much critique but you got to yeah. keep in mind like they're, they're the ones with the problem but most times out of 10 like everyone's really sweet like mm. it's just like oh dude sorry you didn't like it this time maybe next time we can agree on something i'm like see that's a healthy comment yeah um it's either yeah, yeah it's always so divisive now like you either agree with me or you don't and uh your opinion's not the right opinion to have mine's the right opinion shill. to have you're a shill. Yeah. yeah you're a shill that's um, the other one yeah you're a shill or um you're a you're a cuck uh yeah. uh you know especially like when it comes to like the marvels madam webb like if you don't like it you're a misogynist i'm like no especially with madam webb i'm like you had four solid performers in that film that have more than proven themselves in other films they were just let down by a very poor script just yeah so many writers and it just that's why i just didn't feel cohesive and i and i said yeah. my review i felt like all four of them like dakota johnson and the sydney sweeney and the the, the two other girls um their names escaped me um they I, I feel like they they did their absolute best of what was given um i think it was the same with the marvels too um and i don't like that we have to tread very lightly when it comes to that subject matter like if you don't like mm -hmm. it you don't like it it has nothing to do with gender nothing yeah. like that um it just, if it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you. Simple as yeah. that. Yeah, I think authenticity is the currency of, you know, people People don't seem to appreciate authenticity these days. No. When it comes I to, agree. yeah. it's And that's, it's hard. Um, and that's why I'm try to be much like i always try and be authentic but i try mm. and be much more honest now on the second channel with my reviews yeah. but like like i said fair i'll yeah. never be mean um and like when it comes to visual effects i always say i don't know what the working conditions were i don't know mm. what the timeline the deadline was yeah. the budget um you know whether they were getting cracking the whip with the vfx crew mm. but i will say the vfx just took me out of it like yeah. but again I'm, I'm not there i'm not a fly on the wall at the frame store or where to digital so mm. who am i to say it looks shit i just say look it just didn't work for me or like some shots great but maybe yeah. they ran out of money with this sequence yeah yeah um and I, I i feel like you know obviously i try and put my best foot forward and be as energetic as i can most times out of ten it is me but obviously you know if i was like that 24 7 i'd be exhausted <laughs> so yeah 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 and it, it is hard man especially when you do the influencer thing um or as my mom and i call it the influenza thing <laughs> and it's hard when like you see so many people that get invited to these events and the film is clearly not good yeah and they're like it was the best thing ever and i'm like you're just saying that because you're hashtag invited like yeah it's okay to have a voice like your voice you don't have to censor yourself just don't be a jerk about it yeah i think one of my um favorite youtubers other than yourself of course <laughs> he says something along the lines of i'm gonna horribly misquote him but he says something along the lines of people seem to put their agenda before the story and before the character what what do you think of that i think it's true first off who's that yeah. 
Robert Meyer Burnett. Oh my God, I love Rob. He is such yes. a sweetheart from uh, Campia. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Rob always just knows how to put things in perspective. And yeah. I think because he, and I didn't realize he was in Star Trek. Um, yeah. Oh, he made Free Enterprise as well. Okay. So yeah. he's yeah. been there. He gets it. I think because he's had that experience, mm-hmm. he gets the process, he gets the pros and cons of, being in shows, being in films. Mm. And I think you're totally right. A lot of people, unfortunately, put their agenda first mm. and it clouds their judgment on what the film's really about. Yeah. And I yeah. feel like now everyone thinks everyone has an agenda. Yeah. Um, it's just like well, most times out of 10, no, this is just how the film is. Um, like, oh my God, like Barbie. Like Barbie was such a divisive film yeah and i actually did my review of barbie and i took my review down because the second time i watched it chloe finally got around to watching it my fiance and we watched it again i'm like okay my thoughts have changed and now this review is now irrelevant so i just took it down but when people ask me about it i'm like okay here we go but most times out of 10 they're like okay fair here's what i thought i'm like yeah okay fair cool um but other times you know um, you know, you read some crackerjack comment sections like "you're misogynist, you're pig," like, like to someone else, not to me. And just like the back and forth, you're like, "Whoa, guys, it's the Barbie movie." Yeah, you know, it's it's rival is um a movie about the 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 Trinity bombers. Yeah, <laughs> crazy times. <laughs> yeah. When you started off doing your YouTube channel, did you already have the confidence in place to do it or did you build up your confidence as as you you know the more you I built up my confidences man because you're putting yourself out there with like a whole new level of yeah like like you're trying to gather this audience when you're an artist you're putting yourself out Mm. there and people are like oh this doesn't look good or you should do this and you take Mm. it to heart like you know typical brooding artist I get very emotional in that respect and um it was hard I didn't think I'd get where I was now mm. and like my my partner at the time was like you're not going to get to 100,000 what are you talking about and I'm like I will show you so yeah um and, you know I did and it's hard like it is yeah. so hard it is not a get rich quick scheme it is yeah. just it is so volatile yeah um and you've got to keep it going and like if I were pumping out build videos you know every week I'd have to get help and <laughs> editors and stuff like that I've, mm. I've had a lot of people reach out like i'll edit your videos i'm like yeah but then it loses my touch like yeah i'm so simple with my edits i use imovie yes yeah. like there yeah. are times where i've had to reach out to mates be like can you help with this because imovie can't do this and like yeah man cool and they, they, mm. it's like done in half an hour um but if it ain't broke don't fix it i'm not yeah. making a feature film i don't need da vinci resolve <laughs> um you know there are fancy edits with videos on certain channels where you know like mm. it's all like yeah. I'm like I think you're relying too much on that what about you as a performer and a content creator yeah let that do the talking not the fancy editing yeah. um and that's where I feel like you know if your conversation is engaging if you as a person are engaging then you don't need these fancy edits from DaVinci Resolve or Premiere or Final mm. Cut or whatever just use iMovie yeah. mate it's easy yeah yeah <laughs> 
Well, we're just in the sort of infancy of of our podcast. We've only been doing it for a year, and we mm-hmm. did it on such a whim because we just myself and Harmon um, just turned to each other one day and just said, "Do you want to do a podcast?" And we just did it without sort of procrastinating or without much of a plan. And we were talking about sort of unintentional uh, positive consequences that's come from the podcast earlier. Yeah, Uh, It's sort of, it's built up my confidence to be a better conversationalist because I was never good around people. And some of the people that we've managed to get on the podcast, like we talked about the composer who did the Saw films and, We've had some Star Trek actors on the show. It's just sort of you had, blown. Um, yeah, Akmal as well. Yeah, Akmal. It's just sort of blown my mind, and it's built up my confidence in a way that I was not expecting. Mm. It's That's good. Just, it's yeah. It yeah, definitely. It's good character building because yeah. you guys are meeting people from all walks of life, mm. and you, the pair of you, end up educating yourselves from these people that, that you're mm. interviewing and yeah, it's, it's good. It's, it, it, you know, it makes you a good conversationalist. Like it yeah. builds the, those people skills. You know, I get a bit socially eh, sometimes like yeah. even after um like a, a full weekend at, at a con um in cosplay and mm. your senses are just not there. And like, you you're putting all this energy out through this suit and, you know, you're trying to be social and then, when the con's over, I go and hibernate for a couple of days. Like, yeah, yeah it's, but I love it though. And, you know, you get to yeah. see old friends who you have, especially after the pandemic, like, my God, like, yeah. it feels like a lifetime ago. I saw them and it's like a little yeah. mini reunion for us all. But yeah, like I still, like small talk exhausts me. I don't like yeah. when people come up and make small talk. I'm like, let's actually have a conversation. Yeah, have the conversation, yeah. That's what charges my social battery. Yeah. Mm. It's, it's so strange because, because Harmon has had to take a step back from the podcast, it's like I'm having to relearn the skills that I've picked up over the last year all over again. Yeah. <laughs> because I don't have that co-host to sort of bounce off with to help with the conversation. I have to carry it on my own, which is a lot harder. But good at the same time. Yeah, but good at the same time. Yeah. Sometimes it's, it's good to get thrown in the deep end, man. I think yeah. that's where sometimes our best work comes through when you're either mm. thrown in the deep end under the pump 11th hour you look back you're like whoa i don't want to do that ever again but yeah yeah like our, look look what we did like it, uh, it's like what what you just said like in terms of the podcast with me yeah. with building a costume if there's a deadline a con mm. crunch um ah, like um a, a mandate for a, a prop to be made or something like that i think your your best work definitely does indeed come yeah. through sometimes under that pump and i think you tap into a certain part of your brain that's like the um this sounds so silly it's such a silly analogy like the emergency reserve it's like <laughs> yeah. pulling out all the stops accessing that certain hard drive in the brain where it's like um break glass in case of emergency yes yeah it's man I've, I've really enjoyed this. It's a shame that I have to wrap up in a second because I think I'm going to get kicked out of the studio soon. <laughs> so <laughs> let me ask you a couple more quick questions. Yes. What is your go-to comfort film? Oh, my go-to comfort 
film. Oh my God, man. Like we're, we're going back to my childhood. So, uh, oh, the three ninjas films. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, and they've just released them on Blu-ray too here in Australia, <laughs> which is great. Yeah. Even the one with Hulk Hogan, when they go to mega mountain, um, like the American pie films as problematic as they probably are today. <laughs> I still think they're just goofy fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, Home Alone, um, like the Home Alone films, even the third one. Yeah. A lot of 90s movies, man, like ones from my childhood, again, where it's the comfort, you know what's going to happen at the exact um, timing of, you know, this part, this part. Um, but then like, you know, more heavier films where I take comfort in showing people the, those films for the first time. I'm like, mm. you're watching their reaction. They're like, whoa, that was good. Like, you know, like Dark Knight, Logan, um, oh brother where art thou um even like this gem of a little film with the rock and billy bob thornton called faster where the rock has like two lines of dialogue and it's all in his mannerisms and he's mm. so good in it like really good mm. um but mostly like kids films from the 90s yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. like the sandlot uh stand by me um you know good old coming of age that you know you watch on a sunday afternoon and you go out to the balcony and look at the sunset you're like so this is what it's all about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, yeah. So uh, Groundhog Day, the musical, is currently playing in Melbourne. And yep. I went and saw it last weekend mm-hmm. and immediately had to go home and rewatch the film Groundhog Day. And Do I just saw how many times that was on yeah. telly back in the day. I know, I know. And I just I just realized like, oh, this actually this film is actually quite comforting. There's something cozy about this film that I just because it is winter and it looks he's staying in this sort of little cozy room as well. It's just it's such a you know, it's, it's something cozy about it that I just love. Yeah. And it's like a it, cla- it, classic time loop story is always fun as well. Hundred I, I feel that with um jingle all the way. Yeah. <laughs> Jamie, Jamie, he got two. <laughs> um just you know, you your um, Argyle review is sort of um, you know you weren't you weren't really taken away with it, but you weren't disappointed by it either. It actually sort of encouraged me to actually go and see it tonight, yeah. <laughs> because that looks like it just looks like a fun film to me. I'm interested I, to see what you think, man. It, it is fun. Yeah. It's typical Matthew Vaughan. It looks pretty. Yeah, I think it was just like a bit of a red herring with how everything went down in terms of the marketing and yeah. Cavill's appearance. And some people will be like, well, whatever, just go with them. I'm like, yeah, but I feel like it could have been really, really good if he was in it a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. It's, how how was that campaign that you were the, a part For of? the Australian Open? Yeah, for the Australian Open. It was so much fun, man. Like yeah. uh, the event department, um, Ash from the event department who approached me for it, um, we've worked together before. Uh, so the event department do all the setups for premieres like yeah. Melbourne, Sydney and all that. Like, yeah. so I've built some props for them. I built um, the um, grabber mask from um, the black phone premiere. And then Ash is like, we need a Cavill lookalike. And yeah, Ash was my chaperone. And then there was Beck from Universal. Yeah. So it was so good and so much fun. And yeah, people were really uh, responsive 
um, you know, the whole Argyle look. Yeah, and, I have uh, to like say that was a that was a striking uh, Henry Cavill look that he had there. Oh, thank you, man. <laughs> it, it was, um, yeah, a few people were like, because um, we, we did like the proper shoot yeah. on the first day and then uh, on the Saturday, that's when everything was up on the screens. Like, man, yeah. they're like, come get a yeah. selfie with Argyle, use the hashtag, win tickets. Yeah. But a few people weren't looking at the screens and they just saw me reading the book in the middle <laughs> of the crowd and they come up to me and they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm reading Argyle. And they're like, why? I'm like, oh, we're promoting the film. They're like, oh, I thought you were just some madman just reading a book at the Australian Open. I'm like, yeah. well, I am that, but like, we also <laughs> are promoting a film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, what? yeah. Man, this is this has been so much fun. I'm going to have to get you on again because there's so much more yeah, I'd man. love to talk to you about in terms of film and television. Yep, But sure. to wrap this one up, what are the words of wisdom you live by? Um adventure before dementia man um and like my mom's just my mom has told me like you know always just find the funny in anything even when times are tough find the funny and i think it just helps you get through it all and as, as cliche as it is life's short man like yeah. life's short to, to put up with with pelicans and just do what you want do what you want as long as you're happy you're not hurting anyone you're, you're healthy you're happy Go for it and just do it as best as you can. Yeah. Love that. Chris, <laughs> thank you so much for yeah, thank you. being on the podcast. Thank you so Enjoy much for having me. I'd, be, I'd love to do this again. Be I know. It's just so annoying that we had hiccups at the start of the show, but I'm so, so thrilled that we, I'm so thrilled I brought my laptop as a backup because I don't know what I would have done. I'm glad yeah. I had that sort of inclination this morning before I left. Just bring a laptop in case the studio set up doesn't go well. Uh, well now we know <laughs> for next time, man. So, yeah. but yeah, I'd definitely love to do it again. Yeah.